Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 18, Sasha dives into finding joy in your workplace and aligning your passion with your mission. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Good morning, Brave Enough community. It's Sasha, your host, and I am going to talk to you today a little bit about resetting your work mindset. Now, this is the last episode in our Reset the Women series. I'm super excited because I think that we have gone over such fun topics in the last several episodes about just cleaning out everything from your closet to your mindset, to your health, to your, you know, maybe some unhealthy relationships. And I wanted to end on talking about how we can really prevent burnout by resetting what our passion is in our workplace. And I think sometimes we wait for someone, I know I have in the past, to give us permission to really pursue our passion within our workspaces. But I think no one's going to really come up to you and say, hey, we have noticed that you're not as engaged as you once were. Can we help you? That's just not going to happen. So I think it's really up to us to take control of how engaged we are in our workplaces. And I think one of the most important things that we can do to uh, make sure that we stay engaged and we stay joyful and our work has meaning for us is to really pursue our passion and to align what our passion is maybe is or what our passions are with the work that we're doing. And I know this sounds maybe easy, but it actually takes some intentional thought and some work and some planning and some strategy to get there. And so I really wanted to talk about resetting your work to find your joy today, because one of the things that we know is if we can avoid burnout by staying engaged, then we're more likely to be someone that has joy at work or find joy at work or do the things that make us joyful at work. And so for a number of years, I know that I found success doing specific things in my job. And with that success, I thought was going to become, you know, joy. I thought that if I was successful at things, then I would be joyful that, you know, success was the answer to finding joy. And I would really reframe that thought. What I have learned is that if I am joyful, if I am doing the things that I'm passionate about, the things that I really truly want to do, it's most likely that I'm going to be joyful That's and, and successful. So the, the success actually follows my joy. It's not like joy is the end sitting in a pot of gold after success. So I've had to reframe myself and I've actually had to reframe my mental, you know, thinking about this as it relates to burnout, because the more successful I was for a number of years in doing clinical medicine and doing research, the more burned out I became. And so I kept thinking, gosh, you know, I just need to find more success. I just need to achieve more and then I'll be joyful. But I had found myself doing things and I had found success in doing things that really weren't bringing me joy. And so it was a really hard thing for me to kind of step back and say, gosh, I'm not going to do all of these things anymore. I'm going to do some of them, but I'm not going to do all of them. I have to start saying no. I have to start saying no to to things that don't bring me joy, even if they bring me success, because I have to find that joy. I'm becoming burned out. I have to get engaged again. And 
I want to talk to you about it because I think that you have to be intentional. We have to be really intentional as women to carve out space in our work life to pursue things we enjoy. Why? Well, we know as women that there is more likely, it's more likely that we're going to be asked to do things or expected to do things that are service oriented or more clerical in nature, things that we may not even want to do. And it's not that our male colleagues perhaps aren't asked to do these things. They aren't actually as, as asked to do them as much, but they may be asked, but they just say no thanks. And we tend to say yes. We tend to say yes to things because we are people pleasers, because we're collaborators, we're team builders. And we think that, you know, that's the only way that we can be liked and that we can be appreciated. And we don't want to ha- face the, you know, the backlash, which really are there for women in medicine by saying no. So we say yes to things and we may find ourselves on a path and you may be listening, thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm on this path in my job. And maybe your job is you're staying home and taking kids, taking care of kids. That's still a job. And this still may be you. So I'm not just talking about women in the workplace. Maybe you're at home taking care of kids and you're like, gosh, I don't know what my passion is. My job right now is to raise these children, but my passion is, you know, I'm not even sure what it is. So we find ourselves on these paths and we're we're like, how did we get here? Well, we got there because someone else said this is what you should do, or this is perhaps what I want you to do, or you're really good at this. So we find ourselves here down this path and now we are burned out and we don't have any joy. And so this is the really critical thing. There's been some research um, done out of Mayo Clinic, which is really interesting. When I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is me. Um, it looked at academic uh, medical center, a very large one, and it looked at physicians who worked in academic medical centers. And what it found was that the, the single most strongest predictor of people who were not burned out was having meaningful work, that they rated their work as meaningful. And this is what's so cool is it wasn't, they didn't do, weren't rating their work as meaningful every single day, meaning they didn't have to show up and do what they really love doing every single day. They only had to do it 20% of the time for it to be a protective mechanism to avoid burnout. So that's really awesome because, you know, if you asked any of us, what's your passion? It's probably not what's paying the bills 24 seven. Maybe it is. Maybe you're lucky enough that your passion is also what you get paid to do. But I bet that if you, but what's cool is even if we could just get that down to about 20%, even if we're doing our passion 20% of the time, it's protective that we don't mind doing the work that we're paid to do 80% of the time. That may be something we enjoy, but not something that totally brings us joy. That's enough to keep us engaged. So, you know, I, I love the quote by Oprah. I just saw it the other day that she said, you know, do what you have to do until you, until you can do what you want to do. And I think so many of us think, oh, you know, something's wrong with me. I'm in this job. It pays the bills, but I don't totally love it. Well, even if you find 20% of that job to do what you truly love to do, you are protected against burnout and you can probably show up and do the 80% of the time and do a good job, not loving what you do the other 80% of the time. And so this was a real eye opener for me because I thought, oh my gosh, this is me. Like I know that when I'm allowed to do 20% of my passion and my focus at my job, doing what really brings me joy, then I don't mind doing the other 80% that you know, I like, I enjoy it, but it's not like what gets my motor going. So I think that all of us have to be really intentional and the way that we do that is to do some self-discovery and some self-assessments. What are my strengths? 
What are my weaknesses? What am I really good at? And when I ask women in my masterclass that I teach, which is going to start up in March, if you want to join us, the next cohort starts in March. Find out more online on becomebraveenough.com. Google the masterclass. And I have them write down their strengths. And let me tell you, women can't write them down. They don't even know what their strengths are. So when I say to them, okay, you have strengths. What do other people say your strengths are? Then they can write down. Oh, well, they tell me I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. So it's funny how we often as times don't see our own strengths as women, but we know that others, what they see in us. And so we really do a lot of self-discovery in the first few weeks of the class to figure out what our strengths are and what we're good at. And then we find out what we love. And so many times we haven't asked ourselves that question. We haven't even stopped in the midst of busy careers, raising families, taking care of other people, our parents. We haven't stopped and asked ourselves, wait a minute, what are my unique talents and gifts? What are my unique personality traits and strengths? And what really do I enjoy? Because normally those things align. So normally people that are strong in executives or strategics or relators, they enjoy things that line up with their biggest strengths. That's just how we're made as people. But they may be in their job not executing those strengths or not able to express those strengths because they haven't verbalized them to themselves or to anyone else. So it takes a lot of time to kind of do some self uh, assessment. And there's a million different personality tests out there. Um, You know, you can pay, you know, under, you know, $25, $50 to get some really good assessments about yourself. And I would really encourage you to do that. I don't have any type of um, buy-in to one specific one, but I think it's really good when you actually understand what your strengths are, and then you can do an inventory of what your work life is and see if those things align. So this is one of the things that has to kind of hit you a little truth nugget. And I want you to kind of brace yourself just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. Okay. So this was me for a lot of years. I found myself doing some things in my job that I was really good at and I excelled at, but I hated it. I hated every bit of it. And I didn't know how to, you know, kind of relinquish these responsibilities to someone else who loved them because I fed, they fed my ego. They made me think, wow, I'm the only person that can do this because I'm really good at it. That's actually not true. Most of the time when you offload a responsibility or a part of your work life that you don't love, we often think we're doing it out of, you know, oh, I'm the only person that can do this. Nobody else can do this in my job. Nobody's going to do it as good as me. That's a really egotistical statement to think. I know where we think that it's a kind of like being the martyr, but honestly, it's really a place of ego. And when you face that in yourself, you realize how selfish that is because you're actually probably doing a a role that someone else will do better, but you're holding on to it because you actually believe and people tell you, well, nobody can do it as good as you. That's not true. There's, I'm sure there's other people that can do that responsibility or that role and maybe they want to do it. Maybe they're going to bring new energy to it. So it takes a little bit of self-reflection and getting real with yourself to, to see like, why am I holding on to this thing? Is it feeding my ego? I don't like it, but why am I holding on to it? Am I doing it out of guilt because someone else is telling me I should keep doing it? Those are terrible reasons to keep doing something you don't enjoy. And the more that we really say yes and keep holding on to things that we don't love, we we're basically saying no to our passion. 
We're saying no to learning something new. We're saying no to taking our own path. And we're staying in that comfortable zone where that's not where the magic happens, right? The magic is in the margin and moving out of the space. It is so scary. Okay. It's, it's, you know, I see people that are in roles for, you know, 10, 15 years and they complain about them nonstop to me. And I'm always thinking, why are you doing it? Why do you keep doing it then? It's feeding your ego or you're doing it out of guilt. Get rid of it and do something new. Do something that you really want to enjoy. Do something that really lights your passion, but don't do something just because you're good at it or because you've always done it or because someone else really expects you to do it because that's going to lead to burnout and disengagement. And then you're going to affect everyone else in what I call your microculture, in your department, your division, you know, your operating room, your um, department at work, your area that you work in, or even your home life. You know, maybe you're at home and you're taking care of kids and you're raising a family right now and you're thinking, well, I don't really have a passion. Well, you can, and you only have to do it for 10 to 20% of the time for it to be protective. So I think it's really, you know, important. I know for me, brave enough and what I'm doing now is really my passion. And people say to me all the time, like, you know, one person specifically said, well, why isn't being a doctor enough? Okay. I love being a doctor. I, I am trained to do it and I love it. And I can't imagine a week where I don't get up and go to the hospital and participate in the team that I do in the operating room. I love it. I I absolutely love it. I feel that when I am doing brave enough and what brave enough has allowed me to do, which is, you know, kind of my creative side of empowering and encouraging women, which I've really been doing my whole life. I'm just now doing in a more strategic way. It, it feeds my soul. So when I show up at the hospital in the morning, I'm energized, you know, I feel good because I'm actually have an outlet to, to live my passion. So I'm much more happier, I think as a, as a work colleague, as in a person to work with than I was when I was burned out for years and years. So I understand that it may seem odd, you know, it's not that being a doctor isn't enough. It's just now I'm able to really live my passion and pursue my passion. And so I know that I have more energy to encourage and empower others around me when I'm doing anesthesia because I'm doing this. And so it's really important that we allow ourselves permission to do that because so many times we just stay in the path that we've been put on by someone else or we put ourselves on there. And this is the thing that's okay that, that, that I really want to get to you guys. I just talked about this at the brave enough retreat that I put on a a month ago, which was amazing. It was amazing. I came together with 40 women. I planned a retreat in Florida. We stayed in amazing homes. We laughed, we talked, we grew, we did classes every day. And then we just hung out and got to know each other and build, built really strong relationships with each other and accountability. And one of the things that I talked about at the retreat, and you could hear a pin drop when I said this is guess what? Your passions, your goals, your objectives five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they weren't wrong. You may be sitting in a place now where you're thinking, this isn't exactly what I wanted to be in my life. It's okay to change. It's okay to change your, your passion. It's okay to change your objectives. It's okay to change your goals. It doesn't mean you made a mistake becoming whatever it is that you're, you are. You know, I hear people say, well, I should never have done this. Well, actually that brought you to the place you are now, which is a good place. I always say, if you're burned out, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it probably means you're at the very lowest level and you're going to be willing to make necessary changes in your life. So you may be listening to this podcast and you may be thinking, oh my gosh, Sasha, this is me. I'm in a job 
I'm doing these things. I'm really good at them. I'm the only one that can do them. Nobody else can do them. That's not true. And you may be thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to change? You can change. Or you may be thinking, oh my gosh, did I make a mistake to get on this path five years ago? Not necessarily. It's okay to make changes. It's okay to change your goals for yourself. Um, I was recently in the couple years ago talking to a person that I report to about this. And I was telling this person that, you know, I, I think I'm going to make a pivot. I'm going to pause and I've paused and now it's time to pivot. I've done some internal work. I want to go this other direction with my career. And this person was like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? You're at the pinnacle of, of, you know, this specific area of your expertise. You, you talk about this, you've written about it. You're a, you're an expert. You could talk anywhere on this subject. Why are you changing? And I'm thinking to myself, cause I, I've done it. I'm, I don't want to be doing the same talk for 20 years. I want to be doing something new and challenging. And I want to really pursue encouraging and empowering women. And I want to have a platform to do that. And so I think it really requires each of us to be brave enough to go inward, to really understand that change is okay. It doesn't mean that you made a bad career move five, 10, 15 years ago. It doesn't mean that, that just because you had all of these aspirations and career goals, you know, three years ago, you have to have those same ones today. You get to decide. Isn't that cool? And I think that not until we understand ourselves and we do that internal work, which is really takes time and intention to set aside time to investigate yourself. What makes your passions, you know, tick, what gets you excited? What are you strong at? What are you weak at? Not until you really understand yourself. Can you get on the right path? I truly, truly believe that. So I want to encourage you, if you're interested in joining the masterclass, please reach out to me. I can tell you a little bit about it. Even if you're, you know, you, you're not like sure you want to join, um, just reach out and ask me what it's about. And I will talk about what it is because it's really about self-discovery. And so many people take the class and they figure out, oh my goodness, I've been on the wrong path or I've been, I was on the right path, but it became the wrong path. And now I need to get on a new path. That's okay to do it. I'm giving you permission. You totally have the right to do that. It does not mean that you've made a mistake. So I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and I hope that you can see that, you know, finding your passion and doing it 20% of the time is just enough to protect you from burnout and really helps your environment and helps you stay more engaged. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.